Hi there. Welcome to your podcast for college Catholics, where we discuss faith and spirituality from a Catholic perspective. I'm Father Patrick Wainwright, and thank you for joining me today. In the Gospel, our Lord speaks about a hidden treasure, and we read that in Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Up to there the gospel. So while this comparison is made above all about the kingdom of heaven, there is no question that it absolutely applies just as well to the amazing sacrament of baptism, which is the foundation of the life of the Holy Spirit in us, which is one aspect of the kingdom of heaven, and it is the door to eternal life, which is also another aspect of the kingdom of heaven. So baptism is a hidden treasure, because on the one hand, it is such a simple thing, such an easy gift to receive from, from our human perspective, of course, But there are no flashy things about it from an external point of view because of all the gifts that are given to us are mostly of a spiritual nature and therefore invisible to our eyes. Now, on the other hand, it is a hidden treasure because of all the amazing gifts we receive through it, which are not typically known to the people in the world that do not have faith. So which are the treasures hidden in the sacrament? So some of the external elements of the celebration of the sacrament give us a hint as to the spiritual effects of baptism. So, for example, just as in baptism there is a washing with water and then a dressing with a white garment, so baptism washes away our sins and gives us sanctifying grace. So those are the two of the most outstanding gifts given to us through baptism. The forgiving or cleansing of original sin and of any other personal sin and the giving of sanctifying grace. As you might remember, after the sin of Adam and Eve, by which we were expelled from paradise, we're all conceived in the womb of our, of our mothers in the state of original sin. And because of this, we are on the one hand separated from God And on the other hand, our souls are stained with sin and sort of wounded in such a way that we are completely separated from God and unable unable to enter heaven. So the first huge gift that baptism gives us is that it washes away that original sin. And if there are any other personal sins, it also forgives those sins. And that is something really beyond our comprehension. Very difficult to grasp what it means to be forgiven of all our sins. So it is something that we could have never acquired by ourselves. It is something completely beyond our reach. So after receiving the sacrament of regeneration, which is another term for baptism, the soul has no more sins at that point. Now we can acquire further sins afterwards, but at the point of baptism, the soul is as pure as, it, as if it had never had any sin. Now, the second gift, huge gift, is that God gives us what St. Peter calls a partaking in the divine nature. 
partake, were made partakers in the divine nature. And we can read that in the second letter of St. Peter, chapter 1, verse 4. In other words, our Lord gives us sanctifying grace, and with it, all the other supernatural gifts and virtues. He gives us all the infused virtues and the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. Wisdom, understanding, knowledge, counsel, fortitude, piety, and fear of the Lord. So imagine, just as a simple, very simple human comparison, imagine that you have a standard car, which you purchased at the basic price, and then you make an upgrade, and you add to it all the most advanced uh, technological things, GPS navigation, I don't know, the engine with more horsepower, the moon roof, all-wheel drive, alloy rims, uh, an advanced self-driving system, all these fancy things that better cars have, let's say. So it is like you added a whole other vehicle to the previous one you had, right? In a sense. So that's a comparison. So something like that is what happens to our human nature when we receive baptism. Only that sanctifying grace is much greater, a much greater reality because it is of a supernatural order. So there is no real possible comparison or metaphor that we can use for this, for this thing, right? So we receive an entire supernatural being added to our natural human being. So the soul in the state of grace has such a wonderful presence of God that it, even the devils fear it. St. Therese of Lisieux, the also called Little Flower, shares in her autobiography a dream that she had when she was little. She writes it in The Story of a Soul. She was walking one day in her, and this is the dream, right? So she had a dream, and in the dream, when she was little, she, she was walking in the house, and she saw through the window two demons in the backyard with heavy chains, and they were very, uh, they were jumping and running around, but they still had chains. When they saw her, they were filled with fear, and they started to jump, jump around, and they all, both of them, jumped into a barrel that was there. They were so afraid, and uh, they, that Saint Therese saw that they were running around. So she decided uh, to go and see and check out what they were doing, what they were up to. So she decided to get closer. And they kept, when they saw her coming closer, they kept running around, not knowing how to escape from St. Therese. So they would stop every now and then, and they would check if she was still there. And when she saw them and they saw her, they freaked out again and started running around, and uh, they would continue to run as if they wanted to escape in despair. So that was more or less the dream. So St. Therese concluded, and she writes in her spiritual life, uh, I do think God made use of this dream to show me that a soul in the state of grace need never be afraid of the devil, who is such a coward that even the gaze of a child in the state of grace will frighten him away. Up to there, St. Therese. So if you always preserve and persevere in the state of grace and in living a holy life, you should never be afraid of the devil. So this participation in divine nature, this sanctifying grace, 
is that spring of water welling up to eternal life of which Jesus spoke to the Samaritan woman in uh, John chapter 4, verse 11 to 14. And this spring of water, this sanctifying grace, is what enables us to enter heaven. Because the life in heaven is like a perfecting of the life of grace in us, which is given to us in baptism, right? So, baptism gives us grace that is like eternal life in a seed placed in our soul. Now, there's another amazing gift that we receive when we are given the sacrament. And that is that after receiving sanctifying grace, God himself comes to dwell in the soul as in a temple. So, properly speaking, we become temples of the Holy Trinity. God himself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is now living in us when we're in the state of grace. So that is the most amazing thing that we could ever have, a priceless treasure, something worth more than a thousand lives if we could have them. So try to appreciate that amazing gift of grace and the indwelling of the Holy Trinity. Value it, protect it from the attacks of Satan, from the evil one, who will be terribly jealous of your friendship with God. So this gift of sanctifying grace and all the other gifts that come with it are clearly an invitation, a call from God to live a holy life. There is no doubt that God, our Lord, wouldn't give us all those supernatural gifts unless he wanted us to make them flourish in lives of virtue, lives of holiness that give glory to God and bring holiness to your soul and to the souls of others. So, If you're baptized, you are called to holiness. And you have all the necessary means, all the necessary help from God to be able to reach such a great goal as being holy. So don't give up that fight. Because indeed, there is a fight and there will be a fight for holiness in this world. Because the reality is that all these amazing spiritual gifts that we receive through baptism don't take away the inclination to sin. That inclination, that it is just an inclination, is something that God allows to remain in our soul for us to continue to fight for our salvation. That inclination to sin that remains in our soul is a disorder of our passions. It's a wound caused by original sin, and it is called in Latin fomes peccati, concupiscence in English, or also metaphorically, Tinder for sin, as it is called in the Catechism, number 1264. Tinder because it is like a fuel for sin in our life. Now, I'm not sure if the well-known app was inspired in this, but it happens to have the same name. Now, through baptism, we're also incorporated into the church, the mystical body of Christ. That's another gift of baptism. We are made members of Christ in such a way that Jesus Christ is the head of the body while we become his members. And all together, head and body, are the entire Christ, as St. Paul says to the Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 12, 13. By one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. So finally, baptism marks us with an indelible seal, 
character, as it is called, by which we are configured to Christ, made like Jesus Christ, in the sense that we share in his being a priest, a king and a prophet. So that enables us to offer up our spiritual sacrifices in union with the one sacrifice of Christ on the cross. And nothing can ever nor will ever erase that seal that our Lord puts on us on the day of our baptism. We are God's, and God is ours. That indelible seal reminds us of the fidelity that God has toward us. God who loves us and will love us forever and will give us, will give us the, the means to be saved and to reach eternal salvation. So be thankful for your baptism. Meditate frequently on these mysteries and do your best to remain faithful to God, never losing the incredible gift of sanctifying grace through mortal sin. Now, however, if you ever commit a mortal sin and lose the grace of God and the friendship with God, there is a way to recover it, and that is the sacrament of confession. But we will leave that for another episode. So to read more about all these effects of baptism in the soul, I encourage you to check Numbers 1262 through 1284 in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. So by the way, I would also like to invite you to a young adult conference that we do every year called Enkindle. This year it will be held, this year 2022, it will be held from September 23rd to the 25th in Brooklyn, Michigan. And this year's topic will be on Jesus Christ, his incarnation, and how he is our redeemer and role model. So the title will be Ece Omo, Know Christ, Know Yourself. So for more information and to register, you can Google in Kindle Young Adult Conference Miles Christi or check the link in the description below that will be easier. And if you'd like to get a $20 discount, use the promo code available in the description below as well. So thank you very much for listening. May God bless you and we will see you next time.